Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Your host, Hal Sherliff. The show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday and Thursday evenings at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Broadcast out of the beautiful Monticello, Maine in Arista County, WBCQ The Planet. Heard all over the world. You can also pick this show up on our Podomatic page and also on our YouTube channel. Uh, just visit Camp Constitution uh, YouTube channel and Podomatic page, and you can hear the recording. When we hope to get this one up at a very short time. Uh, also, uh, you can uh, learn more about us. Learn about our wonderful family camp, which takes place this year from July 18th to the 23rd. And on the line is one of our instructors, a very favorite instructor, Richard Howell, who is a lives in Western Massachusetts and among other things is a world traveler and a historian. And uh, the reason why he had him on today is because I would say he was an eyewitness uh, at he participated at the um, event at the stake at the US Capitol on January 6th. So Rich, how are you? I am well, Hal. How are you? Thank you, and thank you for such short notice. I heard about your your uh, your ordeal at our house church in Lexington, Massachusetts, this uh, early afternoon, and I said, "Oh, I got to get Rich on." I had a lot of friends that went down there. Um, some people really didn't uh, see a whole lot. You know, I mean, there was a lot of a lot of chanting and flag waving, flag waving, and without incident, they came home and they didn't even know anything about what happened at the Capitol. So please. Uh, Give us a little bit of lowdown. First off, why were people there? Uh, what brought people to the state capitol, uh, U.S. capitol, I'm sorry. And then uh, what happened at the capitol? What did you observe? Well, uh, this was the third of three rallies that were held. Uh, the first in November, right after the election, uh, one a month after, uh, before the uh, Electoral College at the time, the Electoral College uh, voting in the states was taking place or, or or choosing the electors. And then obviously the sixth being the day of the certification for the Electoral College. Um, we had an excess of a million people the first two times it seems. Um, and the people who were down there this time uh, had not been as well you know, planned as the first two, or should I say as uh, vigorously planned. Uh, many of us, myself included, had not even planned to go down there for the sixth until a week or two out when it became apparent that things were spiraling out of control, um, more so constitutionally, and people wanted to make their voices heard and their presence felt. And we had anywhere from a million and a half to two million people in the Capitol. I had never, I, I say this every time, but I had never seen it so thronged with people. And I can give you a testament from the time I left the Metro um, over in um, Farragut Square to the time I walk right down to the mall and, and the Washington Monument to the time I walked to the Capitol, there were people all over the place. Uh huh. And generally speaking, Trump rallies are lively, uh, energetic, but usually without incident as far as uh, any physical act, you know, any any assaults or dam property damage. Uh, and that goes for the rallies all over the country. 
whether Donald Trump is there or whether it's, you know, people who surrogates or just patriotic people getting together and uh, holding up signs. I, uh, if there is violence, it's usually coming from Antifa or Black Lives Matter or anti-Trumpers who just uh, like to cause trouble because they're not, uh, you know, because of the hatred of Donald Trump. Well, that record remains unbroken, and I'll explain why in a few minutes. But you are correct. We never really had incidents except when the leftists, you know, the Bolshevik side of the aisle would come in and they would do what they do best. And, you know, until they would, you know, get pushed back physically, literally, and then it would crumble on them. Uh, but they, they've attacked at a rallies before. They've threatened at rallies. But the Trump supporters, and I'm going to go beyond this, Hal. This is way beyond Trump. These are constitutionalists. These are people worried about their country. I mean, I supported the president and still do. But my major concern was the Constitution. This wasn't just an election being lost. If that was the case, and it was legitimate, you wouldn't see anybody, there wouldn't have been any rallies anywhere, and you would not see the pushback from the deep state, right. the apparatus, the state within the state that we're seeing. So that is why the people were down there. We had 10 buses from Massachusetts representing 500 people, not counting the scores of caravans out of Massachusetts that went down on top of that. Yeah, and New amazing. Hampshire, you know, Rhode Island, all the states. Well, as you and I well know, uh, we allowed the government to be kicked from out from under us decades ago, and it's not a reflection of the people at large. We just became too accommodating to it. Um, and the same thing happened with the national government as well. But I mean, certainly more extreme here in Massachusetts, California, Illinois, states like that. Yeah. So when we got down there, I just want to go through three of the narratives. I want to talk about the president's speech, first of all, because that's key. Uh, I want to talk about uh, my travel from the mall, the Ellipse, the Washington Monument, to Pennsylvania Avenue, to the Capitol grounds, and talk about the aftermath of it. Uh, there are three major lies that were foistered by the media. Uh, the first was the president had ginned up the crowd as a call to arms to go to seize the Capitol. People en route had in the back of their minds getting a hold of Pence and teaching him a lesson. And then the third lie was that uh, we decided to break into the Capitol uh, as part of a long-range plan and to, uh, you know, damage it. And, and those are very three pernicious lies. Let's address the first. Uh, the president was slated to speak at 11 o'clock. Uh, there were probably a quarter of a million people there in the ellipse itself. I could have gone in. I chose not to because there was no way I'd be able to get out and get to the Capitol when I wanted to get there. Uh, and there were probably another couple hundred thousand people outside waiting between there and the Washington Monument. The Washington Monument was literally covered, the grounds were literally covered with people, as was the ellipse and that portion of the mall facing us. Literally, hard time finding anybody. So, when the president spoke, well-received as he normally was, but toward the end of his speech, you went roughly an hour, people, many people were getting antsy. Uh, not the majority, but a number of them. And I've never seen this at one of his speeches before. And we started to hear, why don't you tell us something? Why don't you let us know what's going on? There were rumors about the chief justice witnessing a crime. They wanted to hear that. Not all of them, but some uh -huh. of them. Some wanted to know, they wanted him to expose the intelligence that he collected with Flynn and McInerney and send that out there on Pompeo. They weren't doing that. And, of course, we were trying to tell some people, he's not going to do that here. 
But the worst of all of them was, tell us what to do. We don't know what to do. We need you to tell us what to do. Tell us what to do. And I remember thinking to myself, if that is your your issue, you have a big problem. The big problem is we've always been waiting for somebody in authority, in power, to tell us what to do. That's not what his job is. It's our job to dig deep and support him when he needs things done, like now in the middle of this constitutional crisis. So far from the crowd ready to jump up and down like a normal Trump rally, and of course they were never weaponized. We don't do that, the left does. It was somewhat subdued. And he left. And I also remember talking to a couple of friends of ours that were there and saying, you know, he doesn't say words or deliver speeches in a certain way haphazardly. Everything he does is deliberate. There's a reason he's doing it. I couldn't figure out why myself. Uh, I gave uh-huh. him trying to predict a number of days ago. So at that point, I decided to walk up to the Capitol. Um, we had another group of people, patriots from Massachusetts up there. I wanted to join with them because we were all trying to coordinate, you know, with people when we could. And um, I remember walking up Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, surprisingly, a number of restaurants were open. Some people were, were buying into the myth that they were all shut down. That's what we were told was going to happen, but it did not. Uh, not all of them, very few, but still a number were open. Um, we were hungry. We were tired. Many of us needed to use the facilities. Uh, so that was what was on our mind, but paramount on our minds, and on my mind was what was going to happen in that building and, and then where our people were. And, of course, there's always an omnipresent danger of somebody doing something. Uh, the city council and the mayor virtually declared war on our people, uh, made it very mm-hmm. clear they didn't want us there, and they were going to make life very tough for us at every opportunity they could. So... That being said, the way that some of those businesses opened up and the fact that there were facilities available, you know, the plastic porter joints spoke volumes. So I'm walking up the street. I see a lot of people on both sides. I see a ton of people on the Capitol grounds as I approach the Capitol grounds because about a quarter of a million people there were all day. Were there all day. I look behind me because I hear a noise and people are turning around. I see what look to be hundreds of thousands of Trump supporters, maybe five or ten minutes behind me marching up. I said, wow, I'm glad I'm here because I want my seat up. You know, I want to get, you know, I want to see how far we can get to the Capitol grounds. Well, I'm passing the Capitol grounds. Just before I get to the Capitol grounds, the last intersection before that drive, I see a police officer in an SUV, and he's snapping a picture of that huge crowd that's behind us. And I I couldn't resist, so I poked my head in there, and I said, oh, you too, huh? And he looked at me, smiled, and laughed a little bit because he was taking the pictures like he was enjoying the moment. And he was the last police officer I saw going to the Capitol grounds. And I thought about it a little bit, but not too much, because, again, the focus is getting out there. There were a throng of people, as I mentioned, and I'm trying to work my way through the crowd, because not everybody, most people are staying where they are. Nobody is really trying to get into another position. A lot of people, I discovered, just kind of stayed put where they were when they originally were on those grounds. But they were so covered that, you, there, you can hardly see a blade of grass between there and then the concrete and the brick walkways before you get to the actual building itself. Now, I am walking, for people who may not be familiar, uh, that part of Pennsylvania Avenue, the south portico, or the actual front entrance of the Capitol building, is there. That's the part that fronts Pennsylvania Avenue. So maybe on a diagonal, but that is the front entrance. So that's where I am going. And... I run into a crowd, another crowd, after I get past the first one, and I say, wow, there are a lot of, you know, it's going to be hard getting through here. 
As I'm getting my way to that crowd, I hear a whiz-bang thud two or three times. And people that I happen to be near are all looking at each other saying, what is that? Is somebody firing a canister? Is somebody firing a flare? Well, I didn't hear anything after that, so I proceeded to go up. And um, I'm going to describe, to give everyone a sense of what was really there, um, it looked like a couple of berms of people. All I could see were people. There were a couple of rises before I got to where my final destination ended up. And again, working my way through the crowd, trying to get in there, and I can hear people say, yeah, let's move to the front, let's push to the front, let's try, you know, get through. And so we had uh, a minority of us that were trying to get through. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking to myself, these grounds haven't been open for decades. You know, when you're in D.C., that whole perimeter is, is cordoned off with barriers, policemen, cars, I mean heavily. You just, you just don't get that close to the entrance, much less, you know, the grounds, you know. And we were there in 2009 for the Obamacare rally and then for the Tea Party rally later on. You know, we could get to the corners of the building where the wings are, but never the entranceway. And I'm seeing it. I'm saying, my God, we're getting close. Our people can get a good, good vantage point here if, you know, we, we, we get our position. Well, as I am getting closer, I'm hearing some guys in the back saying, push forward, patriots, move forward. And I'm thinking, I don't need these clowns to tell me where to go. I mean, why are they doing this? Are they trying to be hot shots? And, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, they didn't look troublesome, but they just, you know, they, they were vocal. And so I ended up moving up to the front. And then all of a sudden, I come to this, what I would describe as a patio clearing, you know, brick, and, you know, brick patio before you get to the, the building itself. So I'm still quite a distance from the actual entrance, but I can see it, and I'm closer than most people are. So I'm kind of trying to get my uh, bearings to me, my awareness, what's around, you know, where the people are doing, what people are, are, are being, or where they're going to put themselves. And there's a crowd, a bigger crowd coming in from behind me. And there are people in front of me, and more people move in front of me. And as I get a little closer, after about five minutes or so, uh, I see people coming back. And, and there's, there are tears coming down their eyes. And I can smell tear gas. I know what the smell is like. Of course, anybody that's been in an NBC chamber knows what that is like. And, um, you know, and so nuclear biological chamber for training. And, and, and all of a sudden... I'm saying, okay, there's tear gas here. That's what that sound was before I said, I'm moving back. I don't know what's going on here. Um, at this point, my trust with the Capitol Police is pretty low because um, I am thinking, I don't see what's going on around me, and, and I'll explain why later on. And I said, they're firing tear gas. Now, I have to say, the crowds that were around me are the crowds that we're used to dealing with, regular, law-abiding, good citizens, which is why they were there. And they're astonished, they're dismayed, they're upset. Why are they firing tear gas on us? We're sitting here. Some of them are praying. Some of them are, you know, talking with each other or just waiting for things to unfold. Now, nobody knew at that point. Now, about this time, I'm going to say I got up there about just a little before 1 o'clock. So this is about 5 or 10 after 1 that I'm describing to my memory what, what I, what's happening at this point. And just then I see a gentleman walk by yelling to the crowd or, or speaking loudly to the crowd to get a message out, saying, Pence just certified, Pence just certified, Pence just certified. Mm. And people are looking around, yeah. obviously upset with the news. I pull them over to me, and I said, where did you get this? And I think he said either One America News or Newsmax, if I remember correctly. It, it, was, it was a source that would make you stand up and take notice. 
and uh, for one of us. And um, and that was a shock. You know, I said, okay, well, all right, that just happened. Now, this is like 10 minutes after one. And one of the lies were that we found out what had happened, and we were just going to march and take that building and him with it. Uh, so that's line number, line number, number two. Uh, now, there is another gentleman that is in what I would, re- would describe as like a retaining concrete seating structure. He had a bullhorn, was not obnoxious, but he was messaging the crowd, stating, it looks like the vice president has certified if that is the case, it's a betrayal. But however, does anybody have any news to the contrary? Does anybody know anything differently? And he did it three or four times, and nobody, everybody's shaking, you know, shrugging their shoulders. We don't know. Nobody knew what was going on. There's no way for us to know. They weren't going to send messages out and tell us, right? Now, the other thing about the Capitol building, Alan, you know this from your background, uh, joint session of Congress. The vice president is presiding as president of the Senate. Uh, electoral college certification. A uh, couple million people in town. Uh, peaceful people. You know, they don't like us, but, you know, we're peaceful people. But the other bad guys can come in and start trouble. There was zero police presence. Zero. Nobody. And I did not see a policeman for that first half hour I was there. So... After the smoke, the smoke had cleared. I went back to that area again. Again, there were oh, people let me ask in front you, of me. Was, your, was it the uh, Rich? Was it the Capitol Police that fired the tear gas? Yes, that's what it appeared to be. Yes, and they, yes. Was they no were the provo- only ones I really see. No, there was no provocation. Uh, there were people praying. There were people just uh, peacefully protesting, and they fired tear gas. Yes, that was the impression I was under at the time. Um, understanding that later on, you know, I could see what was happening in the Rotunda area at the, at the, at the South Portico. I had a good clear line of vision there where I did not have a good clear line of vision because of the scaffolding presumably there for the inauguration was the parts heading toward the Senate wing, the parts heading to the House of Representatives wing. So if you're facing the portico, the House of Representatives on the south side is to the left and the Senate wing is to the right. So um, you don't no, you know, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't see what may have been going on there, but the impression all of us were under is why are they firing the tear gas? And, and after all of the machinations, and of course we know the Speaker of the House is in charge of security for the Capitol grounds. So, you know, it, it, nobody trusts what's happening with those officials at all. And, I mean, justifiably. But, you know, nobody was in the lather. Nobody was, you know, taking matters in their own hands. They were sitting, what, what, why in the hell are they doing this? So mm-hmm. I go back to where I had been before, back to that area. And uh, this time I'm on the phone with a couple of friends of ours. You know them. And, and, and I'm, I'm, we're trying to find out where they are. Now, between the overusage of the cell, and I suspect some cell interference, uh, I could catch every other word. One, I could hardly hear it all. The other guy, every other word. And I thought they were there. Just around that time, some of the people that were in the front, actually near the steps, made their way over to the scaffolding and started getting into the scaffolding. And I'm thinking to myself, this is very strange. This is very unlike the people that we have around us. Maybe these guys are worked up. I don't know. Maybe they didn't like the tear gas, and this is their way of striking back. But whatever it was, it seemed awfully strange to me, and I certainly was not motivated to want to do that. Um, The other thing, too, I believed that the police would have been down there and forced to take these guys away. Nothing. Maybe five, ten minutes after I discovered that, I see six policemen coming down from the portico balcony, the top balcony, 
down this flight of stairs, the iron staircase, um, heading toward the House of Representatives side on that side of the portico, underneath that, you know, that uh, half oval enclosure. And they're coming down, and I can hear some of this because the voices are carrying. And the chief of those men points to the guy in the scaffolding who seems to be the head of that crowd, or at least four. There could have been more. I couldn't see everybody under that tarp. Get out of here. You need to get out of here. He points back at the police officer. I'm not getting out of here. You get out, you know. And somewhere along the way, and I don't know where this canister originated. I don't know if it had been dropped in there and they threw it back, but somebody in, in, in the tarp took that canister and threw it back up, got into the face. The, the smoke got into the face of one of the police officers, and he just does a 180 and almost falls on his face. The others take him out of there, bring him up to the, um, the north side of the portico on that balcony, and I don't see them after that. I'm thinking to myself, as you probably would, okay, these guys, they're going to be 30 of these guys, 40 of these guys, policemen coming in. They're going to swoop these fellows up, and they're taking them away. They're probably going to wrestle them to the ground. Who knows? Maybe cuff them, maybe gag them. Who knows? I mean, it's just at that point, you know, things didn't look very, very good. Nothing. There was nothing. I didn't see another policeman there at all for the entire time I was at that portico, and there was going to be another 20 minutes. And the reason I stayed was because I did not know where our friends were, and I said, I need to find out where these guys, because I was under the impression they were nearby, and I said, I just can't leave them with these things going on. I need to know where they are. So um, later on, thank God, I got a hold of one of them, and he ended up having to text me telling me he was around the other side. He was where the West Portico is. So, all right, I know they're not there. I can make my move. Um, and I think this is the third time I went back to that place. I went back there three times. And the third time I started to leave because, um, not because of the tear gas, but because I wanted to get out of there and get around to the other side. Now, after this had happened, Hal, other people started climbing up the portico, using the same stairs those policemen used to get up to that top balcony. And I'm thinking, okay, this is, this is, this is definitely strange. Um, not anything Anybody we've ever worked with, the myriads and hundreds of thousands of Trump supporters we've been around and worked with at these rallies, I've never seen anything like this. So, and again, you know, I could kick myself now, but I knew that we had infiltrators. We had been warned there would be infiltrators coming in. I'm not thinking exactly what is happening or why it's happening. I know it's just odd. The other thing I'm thinking, there are no policemen here. This is a trap. These guys could surround this place if they wanted to. They have a force to do it. They have the desire to do it. Uh, they have the ability to do it. And obviously, if somebody's breaching security, they have the duty to do it. And none of this was happening. So as before I, I got that last message from our people, I noticed a man being t helped up, going right past me. He was uh, middle-aged. Uh, I remembered distinctly. The only distinctive thing about him is he had those cowboy boots on, but he looked like a clean-shaven guy. It didn't look like he was a troublesome sort, but I don't know what he was doing. And two men and a woman were helping him. And people were saying, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? Because he looked like, you know, he had been beaten. And I said, what happened? And they said, look at his jacket. And his jacket was shredded. He had been shot by rubber bullets. And I said, we're fighting rubber oh, bullets. Shit. What's going on here? What's going on here? So thank God I know our guys aren't there. Let me, let me interrupt you for a minute. I heard uh, <clears throat> the narrative is that the Capitol Police treated these folks a lot better than they treated the Black Lives Matter uh, protesters, when in fact, just the opposite is true. There'll be rubber bullets and tear gas, and um, that's, that's not the how they lies. treat the Black Lives Matter. They, 
the lies keep coming, Hal, because one of the canards out there is if this was a blacker crowd or a less white crowd, they would have been, we know that's not true. By the way, we had large numbers. You know, I don't keep score, and I don't keep scorecards or quota cards, but we had large numbers of people of different colors, backgrounds, demographics there, large numbers. And, it, and by the way, that tear gas did not discriminate. Um, you know, they, right. you know, we, we know what happened the last time Antifa and Black Lives Matter had their reign down there and uh, nothing happened to them and everybody knows it. So it's another projection, deep state, you know, disinformation campaign. So, um, so this man's being brought over and um, I go back one more time after that just to see what's happening. I said, okay, now I'm leaving. I'm gone. I got the message from our friend. All this kind of happened at the same time. So if it sounds somewhat, you know, jumbled, that's the reason why. All this is happening quickly at, at this point. So I see where he's seated, and I said, you know what, I, I just can't leave here until I know how he is. Now, again, I had no idea what was going on. I had assumed at this point he may have been one of the innocents that got caught up into something. Um, so I wasn't thinking anything else then. Again, I don't know what he could have been doing. So um, he's there being attended to by a lot of people, so he needs to breathe first. Uh, I noticed that he had a crease along his left temple, and he, somebody said, were you shot in the chest? So he's trying to fumble around his shirt, and he starts to collapse. Then they try to get him on the ground, and he goes into shock. One of our people, uh, one of the Trump constitutional supporters comes up, and he says, look, I'm a medic. I'm going to try to get other people to come here to help him. Then all yeah. of a sudden, the D.C. medics are there very quickly. They do a really good job on him, actually. And, of course, in the meantime, we're trying to give him warm. People are passing warmers. We're trying to pass warmers to him. We don't know if we need to take him. Thank God the medics are there. They take him. He seems to get on his feet. And then after that, they disappear. I don't even know what happens to him. At that point, I'm leaving. There's no reason for me to stay there. And just before I leave, though, just as before he gets taken away, uh, um, before my third exit from that, that plaza area, I notice a lot of people around me um, starting to try to wake people into the building. And come on, patriots, go into the building. This is our building. This is the second American Revolution. And some of these guys that were doing that, how it just seemed, again, strange to me. This isn't the behavior I'm used to. Now, I will say this. I do know, and I very strongly believe, and I, I saw some of this, we did have patriots that followed in, but they weren't leading the charge. They were getting caught up in the moment. Somebody, they not had triggered these people. I definitely believe this was not just a Capitol Police operation. I just don't believe it was just an Antifa BLM operation. I think the deep state intelligence assets were there to set up this false flag, because this was too well done. You know, I'm not the most brilliant man on the face of the earth, but like you, this isn't my first rodeo. I usually pick up on things, and this thing got by all of us. And most of the people, most all of the people that were there stay where they were, and they had been. No, but we had maybe 100 people, I'm going to say, that, that went in that I could see. Uh, I didn't even see 100 of them go in, but I saw quite a number go in. Um, and it was like, Second American Revolution, yeah, this is our house too. And I'm thinking, what do you think they're going to accomplish? Just around that time, at the North Portico, where those men ascended the stairs, I see them looking down, and I can hear them. They have astonished looks on their faces. Their hands are wide open, and they're saying, the doors are open. The doors are open. You know? and, and it's almost like they were surprised at this. It wasn't, hey, we just kicked down the doors, or somebody kicked down the doors, let's go in. It's like the doors are open. And I said, just there's no way. I didn't believe it. I just didn't. I think I said, these guys are dreaming. Maybe the tear gas got to them. I just can't believe those doors are open. 
Now, I, I saw them moving around, but I didn't see them go anywhere. And at that point, I was leaving. So I, I went around to the other side. And uh, before I left, I saw two more men Rich, coming we got, up. we got about a minute left, so, uh, uh, so let's uh, – uh, so you, no. you're of the opinion, and I think many others are too, that this was a total false flag used oh, to yes. uh, demonize Trump, his legacy, and now they're crying impeachment. And uh, so what, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen uh, next, in the next few days, next few weeks on, over this? I can't tell you. I gave up on the predicting business. I will say this, Hal. Um, there is something going on. I have a feeling that we're seeing this played out on the intelligence level with the assets between the, the Trump-McInerney crowd and the deep state crowd. I definitely believe that's being played out, not just here, but all over the world. Um, you know, and right now, it's very odd because I don't see any huge celebrations on the other side. Like, we've got them. We see a lot of right. angry, vengeful, spiteful, frightened people on the other side. So that tells me volumes, right. but I can't, I can't say what's going on. None of us can. Except those in the know. And, um, well, you know, we hear things. It's not, you know, we know that the deep state and the, and the I call it the, uh, the corporate media, the prostitute press would be... They've hated Trump from day one, and they're trying to say that his speech touched it off. And you said basically you you heard the speech, you were there. It really wasn't an electrifying speech. He didn't advocate violence. He didn't say go out, let's take the country over. He, you know, not, that it's never happened. The first happened. time I saw a good side, not not the majority, but I saw a, a good number of that crowd being turned off. I've never seen anybody shout at him before like that. Yeah. It was almost like he deliberately yeah. did that. One more thing. I know you don't have much time, but this is important. I get to the west side of the portico. Our people were on the staircases up to the last stair. I saw the D.C. police there, uh, or the Capitol Police, on each one of those entranceways, the Senate and the House Wing and in the west portico rotunda entrance. And they were lined up opposite our people, a meter apart, no incident at all. No, no, it was peaceful. It was uh it was calm. Nobody was in anybody's space. And I'm thinking, why didn't they do that at the other side? That was Hey, Rich, we got to go. Uh, we got to go. Uh, thank you so much That's for okay. being on, uh, folks. You've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio. And until next week, may God richly bless you. Thank you.